0: It's the Stinkin' Truth podcast with your host Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to the Stinkin' Truth podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Millennial Ben producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors great folks over at bet rivers bet with a winner bet with bet rivers check them out at betrivers.com download the app they do a phenomenal job over at bet rivers they are great also my guys at dude wipes right going to head out to uh, head out to philadelphia this weekend as i'm calling the saints at philadelphia got my dude wipes in my pocket ready for an emergency poo at any time going to be clean as a whistle dudeproducts.com uh, promo code STINK15. Get 15% off your Dude Products. DudeProducts.com. Promo code STINK15. Mike, how are you, buddy? You know, I have labeled you affectionately the Jason Bourne of pooping. Oh, there's there's I'm the Jason Bourne of shit in my pants. I can find a bathroom yeah. at any, at, like in any moment, any place, any time. Because I get, like once I get the urge, you know, you work with me every day. When I get the urge, it, it's there's about a seven-minute window before, I'm touching cloth. Yeah. You know, so I just, like, it's automatic. Like, yep. Your go. ability to extricate yourself out of situations yeah. that would, quite frankly, bring most of us to a very, very unfavorable result, you escape. You're Jason Bourne, man. I am. I am you are the, good. Uh, like, I'm like, there's got to be a bathroom around here. So there <laughs> it is. Right. right there. There you go. There you go. Cool as a cucumber, hey, Mike. Hey, before we yeah. uh, get into the games, we got to we got to bring the the nation, the national, the worldwide podcast audience into our little world what we've been dealing with this last week and that is the whole Teddy Bridgewater affair. So for Ooh. those of you who didn't see a uh, key moment in the loss last week for the Broncos to Philly. It was 20 to 13. Uh, there was a fumble, a Melvin Gordon fumble inside the the red zone mm-hmm. picked up by Darius Slay. He takes it back the other way and in the process of running it back for a touchdown Teddy Bridgewater just made a business decision and chose not to even try to make any kind of a tackle, shoulder block, throw himself in, in front of him. And he has been eviscerated, both on national media, but especially here locally, to the point where many Bronco fans are like, I'm done with him. He's dead to me. He embarrassed us. He embarrassed the franchise. Yeah, I want him gone yesterday. Yeah, it's been... Um it's been interesting, and obviously, um, it's a horrible look, Mike. It is one of those situations where, you know, you've got a bunch of guys out there on the offensive side of the ball that are, that are basically putting their life on the line, you know, their careers on the line. They're, they're out there taking shots for you. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to protect you. It's a, a badge of honor as an offensive lineman, or as a tight end, or as a fullback, or as a running back. You know, protection, you take it seriously, and you know your offense can't be good unless you can protect the guy that's throwing the football. And then all of a sudden you get into a situation, and we don't want our quarterbacks to hit people and all that stuff, but when the game is on the line, at the very least, become a speed bump. At the very least, you got to throw it in there. It's like a kicker. Hey, man, when you're the last line of defense, don't sidestep and try to jump on somebody's back. At least try to make a tackle at least try to be a football player. And what Teddy Bridgewater did was inexcusable. He just kind of did a head nod at him like he was going to, you know, that head nod was going to scare him into stumbling. I mean, it was, it was an absolute embarrassment, and it's just a further embarrassment of this organization and where this organization is right now. And when you look at the Broncos in general, Mike, this is craziness. So in the last two years, they've had 13 home games. Seven of those home games in Denver have been double-digit losses. Seven of 13. You still have four home games left. One against the Chargers, one against the Chiefs. You've been uncompetitive. And then there were two games so far, two guys that you have voted as team captains that were captured on film quitting. Your two team team cap. Hey man, if your team captains are quitting, how often does that happen on your team? How often do we not catch it? Are we not watching the coaches tape and going, "Wow, look at that lack of effort"? So against the Raiders, Teddy Bridgewater throws a late third quarter, I believe it was interception. Cortland Sutton is right there, essentially turns and walks off the field as the DB from the Raiders is returning the football unacceptable. I don't care if you got hurt last year and tore your ACL chasing an interception. Unacceptable. And that's your team captain. And then against Philly, what happened was just just an utter embarrassment. Now, subsequently he's come out and apologized and he said, you know, I look at it, it makes me sick. I'm I'm disgusted with my lack of effort and blah 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 blah. But is that the standard that you've created? Is like if your team, if your team captains are doing that, who else is doing that? It, what, you know what is the standard of the organization? I, you know, I look at I look at those things, um, and obviously unacceptable. And I know, think you, I, can I, I, I just something yeah. I because I keep hearing it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable. Okay, then what are you willing to accept? Then I, I mean, are these players that can never play for you again? Do they have to be gone? What is the level of accountability for this unacceptable behavior? I I would ask you this. Who's at the top of your organization? Your owner. Okay, well. Broncos don't have one. Right. Who's the top of the organization right now from a player's perspective? Who's the guy ultimately you have to answer to? The head coach, right? You're either coaching that or allowing it to happen. And if it's already happened once, and there were no consequences, there were no benchings, there were no, it's already happened once, and now it's happened twice, and you know it's helped, happened elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, the culture that you've established, the principles or the, the things that you have preached uh, have certainly not gotten through. So at some point, there's, there's got to be accountability. And... You know, the great teams, Mike, don't need the head coach to do it. The players will do it. The great teams have an accountability in that locker room that says there is no way that I'm not going to lay it on the line for the guys that I play with. And obviously that doesn't exist here. And it's upsetting. As a Bronco, man, it's upsetting to me. As a guy that played here and won championships here, as a guy that has – a lot of loyalty to this organization because they're an organization that gave me a second chance in the league when nobody wanted to pass me on a physical and when my first team told me I no longer was any good. They gave me an opportunity to start for another six years to go to back-to-back world championships to play in Pro Bowl in a Pro Bowl. So, yeah, it's upsetting to me. And the fact that nothing changes, the fact that, oh, yeah, we, we addressed it. Not good enough. We addressed it. Like, I just feel like the two coaches, I played for two of the most regal coaches in football, two of the most respected coaches in football, one being Joe Gibbs and one being Mike Shanahan. And if that was part of our organization, heads would roll. You know, it's like like Jimmy Johnson, you know, a backup running back fumbles, he gets cut the next day there's a standard and obviously the standard is not it's not a high enough standard here which is why Denver's probably heading for some uh, major house cleaning during their off season let's get to some of the games and the one that jumps out right away at Kansas City Dallas at Kansas City is Dallas for real is what Kansas City did last week for real right yeah, we're fixing to find out. Yeah, we're you know what else we're fixing to find out to see if that film of the Broncos versus the the just keep, can't let it go huh? the Dallas Cowboys to see if it's been circulated yet. Remember, after Denver uh, beat the Dallas Cowboys, Vic Fangio took a a he took a victory lap about how he defeated the Cowboys with his superior football knowledge, and you know. You can scratch off, uh, what's their offensive coordinator? Kellen Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. You can scratch him off the list of potential candidates after I open a can of whoop-ass on him with my superior football knowledge and my coaching skills. (laughs) And then then turn around and, and... Get the sisters in Shawshank on Andy Dufresne treatment from <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah, that yeah, defense is really an ass kicking defense. They rush for over two hundred yards on your uh, genius. On yeah. your genius, that didn't age well. Oh my God! The he takes a this this guy. Yeah, he did this guy. This guy. Yeah, he did. The gym teacher yeah. took a victory that's, lap. That's right. This guy. Lord have mercy. Go so back to Dallas and Oh Kansas sorry, City. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. Can you tell that I'm a little bit riled up? A little riled up, yeah. I'm a little bit. I'm a little pissy right now. <laughs> I be I'll be honest. I'm a little pissy. Um Yeah, we're going to or like we're going to see. Like I think I think it's it's interesting watching Kansas City do what they did last week and just open a can on the Raiders. And all of a sudden, you know, Mahomes, who we had washed up, at least we were hoping, like tongue-in-cheek, firmly in-cheek, but we were like, that guy's a bust. He's not playing well. All of a sudden goes 35 for 50 and five touchdowns, and the defense is playing better now, and they went out and got themselves Melvin Ingram and unleashed him, and he's playing good for them. Like, can't see Chiefs all of a sudden. I'm not going to be surprised. They're six and what? Six and five or six six and and four? four. Six and four. I'm not going to be surprised if they run if they end the season at twelve and five or whatever the Mm -hmm. the the math is now. I I won't be surprised at all. I really won't. And we're going to see Dallas bounce bounces back and just blows out the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to see what Dallas. I think. I'm more curious to see what Dallas is than I am to see what Kansas City is because I think I know that Kansas City, at the end of the day, is probably going to be the number one seed or the number two seed in the AFC. Right? Don't you feel that well? Way? If Dallas is clamoring for respect, you're you're not going to find a better opportunity to go out and grab it than, right. than this one. Right. And that should be what drives them. Hey, you you after 25 years, yeah, you want to be taken seriously? You mm-hmm. want to make your you want to make your statement, we're here? Yeah. We're here to stay? Mm-hmm. Th- this is one of those type of games. But it sounds like you like Kansas City. All right? We'll we'll uh, we'll see what happens when we do our picks. Hey, do you buy the idea that uh, Cam Newton is ready to uh, help lead the Panthers to a playoff surge? Uh, no. I mean, we act like Cam Newton came in there and started and was the guy that went you know, 22 or 26 or whatever it was that, uh, that P.J. Walker went. Cam Newton... I know he, he ran it for a touchdown on his first carry. He was Taysom Hill. Yeah, he had, That's what he was. He had like five plays at quarterback. I mean, yeah. he was like three of five or three of four, and he threw a touchdown. Listen, man, he brought the, the thing that he brought more than anything else was energy. Like you see him rallying the sideline, you know, getting in there, breaking it down. I mean, he, he walked in and in three days became the unquestioned leader. Of that football team, by the way, you know, I mean, it did happen to coincide with, uh, I don't know, some guy named Christian McCaffrey. that had almost 100 yards rushing and was 10 targets and 10 receptions like that'll help you. That'll help you write what's wrong with your offense. I think it's really cool that Cam is back. I know that they are all of a sudden going to start Cam. Now, I will say this. The last time Cam was really good was about a 7-8 game stretch in 2018 under North Turner where he really learned to rely on get the ball out of your hands quickly underneath especially to 22 Christian McCaffrey. And that was a season in those first 7-8 games where he was 67-68% completion percentage. They were I think 5-6 and 2 like they were playing really well and then he had the shoulder injury and From that point forward, he's had several different injuries that he just hasn't been the same. I'll be really interested to see how, you know, he assimilates into this offense. And if they do give him a start, uh, which I believe they probably will this week, I'll be interested to see, you know, the difference between running the Taysom Hill stuff and essentially really being, you know, the all the the full go guy. That'll be interesting. Uh, we saw Russell Wilson return, looked rusty. intriguing game for me in the NFC West. Arizona at Seattle. Kyler Murray expected back. Mm-hmm. Arizona's a slight favorite. you know where wh- where do you see Seattle going the rest of the way with 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 Russ back? um, you know, I think this is a really interesting. It's a deeper discussion because I've heard uh, you know people questioning uh Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll's going to get fired, and there's a, you know, there's a butting of the heads between he and Russell Wilson, and this, that, and the other. And I keep thinking to myself, really, this is like when Jim Har- or John Harbaugh several years ago, people were talking about the the Baltimore Ravens letting go of John Harbaugh, and I was like, there would be he would last thirty seconds on the open market before he got another job. And I heard people say that the game has passed Pete Carroll by. Really. So Pete Carroll's been in his office. He's constructed the practices. He's on the field every day. He's the guy in charge without question. And during that time where he's been constructing this this football team, and they've been gone to playoffs year after year after year after year. Somewhere, he what he forgot? Oh, it's it's passed him by. He's operating in that realm every single day, and it's passed him by. R- Really? Is that where we are right now? Yeah, but maybe Mark it's more a case, it's it's not that he's lost anything. It's just I mean, the great John Madden once said, You you got ten years. You got ten years with an organization and and then you gotta move on because the message starts getting stale or whatever. We saw it here with but Mike that Sh- was when we but, saw it here with Mike right, Shanahan. But that was a different time before free agency when you kept your you kept True. the same thing. Thirty percent of the roster turns over every year. But, every year. And still, he looms so large over here's, that franchise. Right, but here's the deal, Mike. How many different, like, we can sit here and piss and moan about at all we want about this. But you've had Daryl Bevel as the coordinator. You've had Brian Schottenheimer as the coordinator. Now you've got the guy from the Rams as the coordinator. You've changed. Russell Wilson's complained about the role, complained about whatever, complained about this, that, and the other. You've changed for him. And what remains the same? You know, I, again, I don't. I, I just think it's foolish. And I think if Pete Carroll wanted to continue to coach, and Seattle was dumb enough to walk away from Pete Carroll, that that Pete Carroll will have a job in two seconds. You know, we're talking about it here in in Denver right now, as far as success rate of Denver coaches with the quote unquote retread coaches. Every guy who's ever won a Super Bowl here, Mike Shanahan, retread coach, Gary Kubiak, retread. Tread coach, Look at the track record of, you know, new coaches, whether it's Josh McDaniels, abject disaster, uh, Vance, jo- Vance Joseph, Vic disaster, Fangio. Vic Fangio, disaster. Oh, by the way, when John Fox took over, went to a Super Bowl, retread coach. I mean, hey, most of the Super Bowls that have been won this century have been 15 won- of 22, 15 of 22 Super Bowls have been won by guys who are on their second job, right? Second, second job is head coach. Yeah. You learn, I mean, you learn how to manage a franchise. You learn how to manage coaches. You learn how to turn authority over to other guys to coach it up, but you you learn how to manage your coaching staff, to coach your coaches, to manage the day-to-day that is, you know, beyond football. You know, the, the players and the media responsibilities and everything else that's part of your organization. You know, we mentioned Dallas as a team that I, I think we all agree will be a playoff team, it's just... Can they be taken seriously as a legitimate Super yeah. Bowl contender? Then you got those teams that are facing that crossroads in their season. Are you a playoff team or are you simply a pretender? And, and to me, a couple of games that jump out Cincinnati and Vegas. Right. And Minnesota at home against Green Bay. Who are you? Minnie, Cincinnati, yeah. Vegas? What are you? Pretender or contender? Yeah, this is this is a good. That's actually a really good point. The the contender pretender weekend, and if you're, you know, a first. And, or, and can I also add? Yeah. Maybe the game you're going to be calling for Fox: Philly and New Orleans. Yeah, throw those teams in there too. What you are know, you? You know, what's really interesting. Here's what's really interesting about Philly, and I think this is this is great about coaching staffs. We talk about first year coaches versus you know guys who have and, and Sean Payton's on his first head coaching job still, right? Right. I mean, he started in New Orleans as a first-time head, head coach. But I think a lot of it is is—is how you adjust really says a lot about you as a coach. And Nick Seriani, we had fun with the, you know, well I've got s- s- systems. You know, we had fun with that. We had fun with – uh, hey, rock paper suit. Let's see how competitive you are. Let's see how competitive you are. Like, <laughs> did that like, really good? Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna compete. Let's go. You know. And so if you're like rolling your eyes. Oh Lord, this guy, right? I mean, he's got no chance. But I will tell you this, Mike. You know, assessing where you are as a franchise and what you have as a franchise, and then adjusting based upon your assessments. That's what to me makes you a good coach. And here's Nick Sariani. in the first seven games where they were really pretty much struggling, right? I think in the first seven games, they won two games, okay? 67% or excuse me, 63% pass, 37% run. That was how it broke down. In the last three games, they're 2-1. and one. They lost the last second game to the Chargers on a field goal. Their 67% run, or 63% run, excuse me, I screwed those numbers up, and 37% pass. They've completely flipped the script. And oh, by the way, they've done it the last two games with a guy that was a washed up former pro bowler who was just hidden on their practice squad in Jordan Howard. Howard Jordan. Howard Johnson. Jordan Howard. Howard. Something. Jordan mm-hmm. Howard. it's right. Jordan Howard? Yeah. As, but as you always like to say, you don't trust people with two first names. I never have. But he not only does he have two first names, he's got two last names. He does. Yes, so he does. Now, like now Michael, what do you do? Michael Jordan and Ron Howard. <clears throat> See, these are the things. There's a guy on a roster that I called who has three first names and also three last names. And I don't like that guy at all. <laughs> I don't even remember who it is, but I remember saying it during a broadcast. I don't trust people with two first names or two last names or three. Oh, I mean, think that's about that—the apocalypse stuff, right there. Right. Yeah. I mean, how can you? I don't even want to say the guy's name. So let's play. It's the like game. Voldemort. Don't put don't his, lip, say, n- well, his names on name. your lips. Let's 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 play the game. All, all right? right, you tell me: got reaction, pretender, or contender? Okay. Mm-hmm. Philly. Um. Ooh, pretender. Okay, New Orleans contender. I, I, I now nah, that's with just... trepidation because I'm nervous about the offense, the quarterback. Yeah. But their defense is—it's so much fun to watch on tape. But uh, I'll go, I'll go contender. Okay, uh, Bengals. Pretender. They're the Bengals. Vegas. Pretender. They're the Raiders. The Raiders gonna Raider. <laughs> Minnesota. <sighs> I you know what, I think they I think they could make a run, but I think they do have do they have two games against Green Bay left or just this is the last one? I don't know. I just I'll go pretender simply because Kirk Cousins is the compiler of the greatest numbers in the world that don't equate to wins, and there's something that just seems to be missing. It it's mind boggling. He puts up numbers. If you just did like okay quarterback, exhibit A, here's case A, case B, and you make your case, which one would you like, right? And he's one of those guys that if you did not know who we were talking about and all you did was talk about his numbers, like he's on pace right now. Halfway through, he's on pace to complete 69% of his passes for 4,800 yards, like 38 touchdowns and eight picks. And you'd be like, sign me up. And then I say, ah, big reveal. It's Kirk Cousins. And you'd be like, oh, right. Uh, like, if you just, if know. you just, if he went into free agency just on numbers alone, uh, there'd be 15, 20 teams lined up just off numbers. You say, here's the numbers. There's three guys, He'd be the number one guy that teams would be lined up to grab. And then, like you said, you, it's like the, like the mass Singer. All of a sudden, the head comes off, and you're like, "Oh, oh really? Really? That's who it was? Re- yeah." They're like, "Really, Rosie O'Donnell? Whoa, <laughs> right?" I mean, I don't think she's ever been on. I don't know, but yeah. I but could, you know, I, I could I see her being on there. Yes, yeah, you know yes. what I meant. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I's like he's, he's just, he's just an oddity. Hey, while we're playing kind of the pretender contender game, one more for you because I think it's an interesting matchup. Two teams that I, I just I just don't know yet, Chargers and Pittsburgh. Ooh, uh, Chargers. I'm going to go pretender. And again, it's like the Raiders because they're the Chargers. They're going to find a way to drop a couple of games. Charger going charge to Charger. Charger going to Charger. When Ben Roethlisberger comes back healthy, I'm and because of Mike Tomlin, I'm going. I'm contender. Contender. I thought you would. Yeah, I thought you would. All right, let's get to our picks. We both had a, a decent week last week. Okay. We both went two and one. Okay, so oh, good, starting to good, uh, good, good, starting good. to gain a little bit of uh, traction this is, there. This is how I'm how serious I am about the picks. I mean, I am so serious about these picks because I pick them and then I don't even I don't know you what don't know. happened happen over the weekend. You don't until, know I don't until I tell that, you until you tell me today. Yes. So two and one. Yes. that's that makes me feel good. That, yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, uh, I get to go. No, you get to go first this week. No, no, no. No, I get to go yeah, first this first. week. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, No, you get to go first because it was two weeks ago you did the reverse psychology. You just um, went against my picks. You took the opposite of my picks. Right. So that means I went first last week, so you're first this week. Oh, that yeah, was two you're weeks right. ago. Come you're on. right. Jeez. It's like math, Come on, you're man. Really bad. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take uh, Buffalo. I think uh, Buffalo is uh, ready to put together a little run here after uh, a couple of uneven weeks, playing some uh, down competition. They're home against Indy, giving up a touchdown. I'm going to take Buffalo minus the seven. Okay. Uh, Then I am going to take uh, the assumption is that um, Kyler Murray – actually, no, I'm sorry. Let me back up again. I'm going to take Tennessee minus the ten and a half. Big number to give up, but I'm going to take Tennessee. They're rolling right now. They got the – uh, longest win streak right now in the, the NFL. They uh and they're playing Houston. Okay. So I'll take Tennessee minus the ten and a half. And then I'm going to take uh I'm gonna take the Chargers. Oh. I'm gonna take okay. the Chargers minus the uh, four and a half against Pittsburgh. More oh you got minus I got minus six and a half on my spread. Six and a half? Yeah that's what I got minus six and a half. Chargers minus six and a half. That must mean Ben's not playing, huh? Yeah, they must have a issue there. All right, I'll take the Chargers still, six and a half. Okay, six and a half. Um, oof! I right, took some of your games, huh? No, no, I wanted to go. I wanted to go Steelers on that, but I I get the sneaking suspicion that six and a half means that Ben's not playing. Those guys in Vegas they know. know. They know something. They know stuff. They know stuff more than I know stuff. Yes. Um, the sharps. All right, so you went Bills. Bills, tit- titans, and Bills, Titans, and Chadges. Bills, Titans, and Um, All right, so I'm going to start with the Dolphins, uh, three and a half over Joe Flacco-led Jets. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I don't like their quarterback situation. I don't like Tua. I, you know, I just. Yeah. But what they did, the display they put on on the defensive side of the ball, they're playing great defense right now. I'll take the Dolphins in that particular game. Then I'm going to go the Whooped. Taking on Carolina Panthers, I know there's a lot of, hey, Cam Newton for, uh, against the woofed, against Ron Rivera, and but I was really impressed with the way the Wolf played against Tampa. I was impressed with Antonio Gibson, a guy that I talked to Ron Rivera about. I go, God, that guy, I watched that guy, Ron, and I go, he needs to fall in love with a four-yard gain. And Ron goes, perfect way to put it. We've had the conversation. You got to just, I mean, you're 230. Play 230. Don't play 205 or don't play 195. And he did against Tampa, and he was exceptional. Um, woofed getting three uh, against the Panthers. I'll take the I'll take the woofed uh, to cover that spread. And then I'm going to go 49ers heading to Jacksonville. 49ers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I think they're going to open a can on Jacksonville, even though Jacksonville has been playing tighter lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a team that can go on a run and win seven of their last eight games. Um, I'm going to go the 49ers on that. Okay, sounds good. All right. Have a good call this weekend. Thank you, buddy. Everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast. For Mike, I'm Mark. For Ben, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Share it with all your friends and families, uh, unless, of course, you don't like us, and then don't tell anybody and keep your freaking mouth shut. Uh, For everybody involved, thanks so much for listening to the Stinkin' Truth.